standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, and we're coming to you on February the 10th, episode 353. It is a 5 for Friday. But before we get into that, <clears throat> let me just thank you for sharing and subscribing. Let me ask you, please go to the podcast page and follow me there. Follow the social media is great, but the the following on the podcast is what I'm measuring. That's where I'm trying to build it up. So please help me out here. As I said, if I hit my goal at 200, I do have a door prize. So if you should subscribe, just send me an email to according to Callis at att.net. Just use the word subscribe in the uh, subject line and put your name and whatever method of contact you would like in the body of that email. They will be saved for when I hit that goal. Hey, I got to let you know, folks, we've got over 80K listens now. We're averaging north of 500 every day or every episode, I should say, right? And we're growing. We're doing the job. We're, We're getting it done. And I'm encouraged. And if you are enthusiastic, motivated, do me a favor. Go comment or rate the show. It helps. It helps a lot. All right. Highlights for today are voting for amendments, thought crimes, what's the distraction for, lost art, and the flag in the Constitution. All right. Now, let me take a moment to just point out Every week, I listen to a number of other shows, and I've referenced them many, many times. And I strongly suggest, if you are so inclined, go check out the Chris Ann Hall Show, go check out the Tom Wood Show, and go check out the Brian McClanahan Show. There are other podcasts, there are other things, um, namely the Hagman Report, which I find uh, very uh, insightful at times as well. But there are other shows out there that will educate you, edify you. Look, these guys spend a lot more time doing prep. They spend a lot more effort in getting a more mm, thorough episode on specific topics and they delve into there. I get inspired by a lot of what I hear. The difference and what I'm offering you is I try and tag everything as local as possible, starting out at the city of McKinney, working up to the county and finally the state of Texas. I implement those ideals, the ones that I have, my view on things, and impute it into that inspiration and how it directly relates to what's going on out my back door. Now, I realize that's somewhat limiting. I could probably have thousands of subscribers if I were to talk about national politics on a daily basis. But then I might just as easily be lost in the sun because there are lots of people that do a great job. I just named four of them. I'm talking on topics, particularly at a national uh, implications. So here we go. All right. In Texas, every couple of years, we get the opportunity to vote on constitutional amendments or some other referenda. What the folks over at TNM, that would be Texit for those of you that don't know, have been asking for 
is this to be put forth to a vote? Should Texas look to seek its independence? It's not a vote for independence. It's not asking the legislature to do anything. It's just putting it to the people. Now, what's interesting to me is the legislature has no problem dumping off what they deem to be popular measures to the general public in the general consensus is, well, we want you to support a constitutional amendment. We wanted a constitutional amendment just a couple of years ago to prevent us from ever happening income tax. Okay, well, that's great. And maybe it drummed up a few more voters for the Republican Party, but we already have to where there's no income tax in Texas. It's pretty much against the law as it is, but hey, don't worry. We're going to make it a constitutional amendment. We want you all to show up. Okay, that's fine. They they throw out constitutional amendments fairly often, which is why our constitution in the state of Texas is so bloated. It's got so much nonsense in there that doesn't need to be there, much like the 300 and some odd planks the Republican Party platform contains, right? They give that to us grassroots folks, us, us people out in the hinterlands of Texas to keep us happy, to throw us a bone, to make us feel like we're getting some say in what's going on. When in reality, the Texas legislature basically does whatever they want, whenever they want, which is why we have, oh, only eight this time committees run by Democrats. But I digress. So when I want you to do is every opportunity you get to speak to your state representative or your state senator, just ask the question, why won't you put it to a vote? Why won't you pass that through? Make it a referendum. We all know it's non-binding. It's only in the Republican primary, for God's sake. Why not do it? Why does it hurt? I think we know the answer. They just don't want to. They don't want to acknowledge that we, the people, are fed up. We, the people, see what they're doing. They don't want to give us that power. They don't want to even give us that pretend power. That's what I think. And while we're at it, it's essentially a thought crime. Now, there are good people that don't support Texas independence. There are good people on both sides of the um, convention of the states issue, right? I, I think there are good patriots on both sides of both issues, But if you can't have an open discourse, if you can't have a conversation, if you can't even agree to disagree sometimes, how are we ever going to get anything done? But it's come to the point now where there's thought crimes. We have our own elected officials that resort to calling people names because they're on a different side of an issue than they are. That's kind of sad. It's kind of low. I mean... I've referenced many times the fact that I've been called seditious. I've been called a traitor. (laughs) Okay. I still uphold my oath, buddy. Nevertheless, I don't think wanting to declare independence is a traitorous act until such time that you actually do declare independence. And then, yeah, you're kind of a traitor, but you're a traitor in the same vein as the colonists, you're a traitor in the same vein as those Texians and Tejanos. And we celebrate them at least a couple of times a year. Unfortunately, they get that whole thing lumped in with the people that seceded 
prior to the Civil War. And yes, I know, I know. It's a thought crime. You can't consider the fact that you shouldn't be dominated and ruled by that city on the swamp in D.C. Never mind what your motivations are. Never mind what the actions are taken there. Never mind the process involved. How dare you state that you shouldn't be ruled from afar, that you shouldn't submit to tyrants. Indeed, there are whole factions of our own churches that teach us that it is biblical that you must submit to all authority. Is that what it really says? Is that what Romans 13 means? Is that what First Peter references? No, it says that when the ruler is doing things that are right in accordance with the law of God, you are responsible to obey them. There are plenty of examples, biblical and otherwise, where people were righteous when they rejected following tyrannical orders. Certainly, we didn't allow the Germans that were Nazis to get away with some of the things they did because they said they were following orders. Again, thought crimes. Just think about the things that you're not allowed to talk about. Just think about the things that are banned. I mean, we watch this play out with, you know, that which should not be mentioned. The big V. Or the the injection, right? Hmm? Not allowed to talk about that. Now, never mind that those people were right all along and they were right to criticize and question, but no, 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 that's a thought crime. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to discuss that. And that's just one example that we've watched play out over the last three years. And quite frankly, they've proven themselves to be liars, deceivers, fraudulent beings that have traded on the fears of the we, the people, well, maybe not me, but the people in general, the masses, to extract foolish decisions to make tons of money off of them. Yet we're the bad guys because we dared to question it. Thought crimes. And while we're on the topic of thought crimes, let's talk about distraction. So that'd be number three, distractions. So I stated that I thought the balloon thing was really nothing more than a distraction. Now, I believe that our federal government was perfectly comfortable with the idea that there was a Chinese spy balloon floating over these United States. You know why I believe that? Because they fly satellites and their own balloons and all sorts of other planes and aircraft to spy on us every day. So they knew that the Chinese weren't going to see anything that they didn't want them to see. They didn't care. We are the most surveilled state in the world, save maybe Britain and China. So this is no surprise. This is no fear that those people in charge have. They're quite content to let us be exposed. But the real question is, why did they allow that to be put in the press? Why did they allow that to break? I mean, we've already seen that they can hide things. They can tamp them down. They can smear people as a thought crime. What were they trying to distract us from? Now, I don't know what the answer is, but I've got a couple of hints and I had a suggestion courtesy of Chris Ann Hall's husband. He pointed out the fact that we let a couple of these terrorists go. 
Now, yeah, they, they serve their term. So in a righteous world, they would have served their term and they should be free men and get restored. But that's a political mess. I mean, even, even our own government knows they can only get away with so many things. So is it possible? Is it probable that they took advantage of the fact that, Hey, there's this spy balloon going over. We can stir up all these people and we can let the terrorists go. Or maybe we can do some other things that we haven't quite figured out what they did yet. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that, uh, you know, there was some trial over seas that found the groups of people that were conspiring to make people sick guilty. I'm just speculating there. I don't know. But I'm wondering, have you been paying attention? Do you know? It's certainly not on the nightly news. It's certainly not in the newspaper. Probably not in your general search engine. Especially if you're using Google, because God forbid you should learn anything that's not Google approved. (sighs) Item number four. Lost art or the understanding of what's real. So... In the last couple of days, I talked about there's a separation of real and perceived or the analog versus the digital. Now, and I'm going to be quite honest, that idea is an inspiration from something I've heard from Michael O'Fallon. Again, Sovereign Nations, go check them out if you want to dive into that world. It's very interesting, very educational. But the idea that there's tangible things that you can see, touch, feel, that are real versus the digital world, which only exists in a screen or perhaps in your mind, if the screen is embedded into your mind. So when I saw or heard about the, uh, (laughs) satanic, uh, performance that went on some award show this week, I initially rolled my eyes and then I, kind of thought to myself, well, isn't it nice that they're at least being honest at this point? But I wonder how much of this is just an admission that they really have nothing more to offer. They have nothing new to add. All the real creative people are gone. The entire entertainment industry thrives off destroying that which preceded them or mocking it or warping it, or quite frankly, taking that IP, intellectual property, um, and uh, uh, twisting it, warping and abusing it to stretch out every last bit of money they might get out of it, and yet really give the consumer nothing new or nothing of value. I saw something where they were talking about the trajectory, or the trajectory, the trajectory of the three last uh, Star Wars films, and how each one did worse than the one before it. Now, I assume this was in terms of profit. I assume this was in terms of a return from the investment put into it. But I didn't pay that close attention because, quite frankly, uh, I don't think I've seen a Star Wars movie that I really liked in my adult life. I did get I did get dragged along uh, for my daughter. We went to go see the... Uh, uh, 
<laughs> the one that basically tells the story how they got the plans to blow up the first Death Star. I cannot think of the name of it right now. Rogue One. Yes, Rogue One. So I did go and see that. And the irony of it, the movie was so good, my daughter fell asleep during it. <laughs> now, I sat through it. I was I was intrigued. It was pretty good. It was, as far as modern film goes, it's probably better than average. But I didn't... And, I didn't leave with the attitude of, wow, that was really good. Or, man, I want to see that again. Now, strangely enough, the only movies that I've had enjoyment in that have been a group of movies were the Marvel movies, the Phase 2 and 3 particularly. And my favorite one, of course, being The Winter Soldier. And then, I guess, uh, Civil War as a follow-up. You know, both of which, Captain America is the central figure. And I got to say... Even though I find Chris Evans has become repugnant, he plays that character very well. The character's well done. It's it's a pretty good story arc. And the idea that are put or the ideas that are put forth in both of or those movies are really good. I mean, it's hard to for me to walk out of them and not say, well, yeah, they got that right. Or at least the majority of it. I mean, look, it's a movie. It's a comic book movie. You shouldn't expect anything inspiring or fantastically um, positive out of it, right? But if you get something, wow, that's really something. But when you have the threshold of expectation, I get to see a lot of things blow up and really cool pictures on the screen. And maybe there's a somewhat entertaining story in it. And then you get something extra. That's a big step forward. And... (laughs) As far as that goes, I got to say, in the last several years, there really hasn't been much to where I've been, oh man, that was really good. I want to go see it again. And we're talking about Hollywood movies where they spend hundreds of millions of dollars to make an epic that should be great and that you want to watch it. That's the whole purpose of them making movies. I mean, putting aside Top Gun 2, which is its own special creation, I can't think of anything. And I, and I actually dread the idea of what the next thing they're going to do in the MCU is. I I hope they don't make any more Star Wars films at this point. And Indiana Jones, I mean, the third one was awesome. The fourth one, man, if they just lop off that last 30 minutes, it wasn't bad. But my gosh, what are they, they're going to do a fifth one of that? Come on, give me a break. Are we just out of ideas? We have nothing fresh. They're just going to keep milking something that was a good story 30 years ago. I just don't see the wisdom in that. I think it's because art has been lost. They don't understand the idea of making something new, innovative. They just rehash old stories and tropes and milk out whatever money they can get out of it. And quite frankly, they ruin it for the rest of us that have actually enjoyed the first things. That's just disappointing. And as far as music goes, don't get me started. I was telling somebody earlier today. uh, Well, actually, I guess technically it was on Thursday. But I was telling them that I really haven't listened to anything on the radio, music-wise, since the mid-90s. Now, that's not to say I've never heard anything or I haven't stumbled across something that was actually pretty good. I, I would maybe list a half a dozen albums or cds that have come out that i'm like okay yeah that's that's good i i like this uh, strangely enough some of it's actually throwback or 
you know, is a riff off of something from the eighties, but how sad is that? Now I know I, I'm sounding like that grumpy old man, right? Oh, that new music stinks. Uh, that, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is it's just disappointing. I'm sure there's good music made somewhere. I just haven't run across it. And certainly not regular radio uh, good music. Again, it's lost. It's a lost art. I don't know what to say. Fortunately, I can still find solace. There's plenty of books that I haven't read yet. Most of them are older. They're quite good. Um, And I'm looking forward to uh, next week. Uh, I'll save that for the end. All right. uh, Item number five, right? It's five for Friday. The flag and the Constitution. So I got to say, as much as we like the Constitution, as much as we value what the Constitution says, it's really a contract. And its value is obtained by the fact that both sides honor it or all parties honor it. But when one side doesn't honor it or several parties ignore it, then it ceases to have value. Now we can want to go back and say, well, no, you must follow these rules. And we could maybe create some rules to punish them for not following those rules, but they get away with it every day, all day. And there's really nothing we can do to prevent it. Well, let me rephrase it. There's nothing we can do to prevent it that stays peaceful and doesn't cross a line that I'm not willing to cross. Okay. And, and when, and when you go to the flag, you know, I remember when I was a little kid, it was considered unpatriotic to display the flag, wear the flag, make it into like clothing or else. Now it's the exact opposite, right? As much flag stuff as you can do is considered great. I mean, I have stuff with the flag or variations of the flag. I get it. I find it ironic when people lose their stuff over variations of flags, whether it's a state or historical flag, but yet. Nobody says anything when you see the black and white flag with the blue line on it or the red line on it. Oh, that's so awesome. We've got to show our support for the second responders. I know they're called first responders. I'm sorry, but it doesn't bother me. It's not an offense to me, but the same people that get so adamant about defending that lose their stuff over for One, a flag like the one that's behind me in my videos. Or two, when they see the various, um, let's call it alphabet flags, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Not a fan of the alphabet stuff. Uh, Perversion should never be celebrated in my worldview. But to lose your stuff over the fact that they altered a flag, but you're perfectly okay with the other variations of the flag. You have to be consistent here, folks. It's either all or nothing. If you're not going to fly the red, white, and blue, but instead you're going to fly the black and white with a red stripe or black and white with a blue stripe or whatever, or or you get the one for the military, the, the police, the, the ambulance, the EMTs, the, uh, firefighters and uh, I forgot what the other one. Oh, security guards. I mean, so it's basically a different rainbow, but that's supposed to be okay as well. And look, folks, I'm not beating up on those people that are public servants and look out for our protection and our safety. Not at all. But if you're okay with that flag, 
you really can't lose your stuff over the other rainbow flag is all I'm saying. I don't think either is appropriate, but I'm not going to lose my stuff over it. I, I don't think, quite frankly, I have my doubts. No, I'm just going to leave that one. Alone. I, don't, just, I have my doubts that people think about this stuff clearly. Let's just leave it at that. I think the emotion clouds their judgment. In the same way, the emotion clouds the judgment on the Constitution. Here's why. I can tell you all day long that Article 1, Section 10 says this. Article 1, Section 8 says this. Article 3, whatever, says this. The, the Bill of Rights state this. Right? There's five specific enumerated rights in the First Amendment. And the average person has no idea what they are. Yet they have no value if they're not enforced. They have no value if they're not recognized for what they are. In fact, the little pocket constitutions I carry have zero value because one judge somewhere said it didn't matter anymore. And yet we're okay with that. Just like we're okay with the adulter- the adulteration of the flag. I'm not suggesting it's all or nothing, but I am suggesting we need to be consistent. I am suggesting that you need to be able to sort out which is which and what matters. And while we're on that topic, so I've given you my five for Friday in the remaining four minutes. Let me remind you Tuesday, February the 14th, come show your love for Texas in downtown McKinney. We got Daniel Miller coming. Yes, that's the president of the TNM, that's the Texas Nationalist Movement. Yeah, yeah, I know you people are afraid of the word nationalist. So just stick with TNM or pro-Texit or whatever. He's going to come and talk about the issues. He's going to talk about the Texas Constitution, how this all fits together. You need to get your education. For me personally, I don't care if you think Texas is a good idea or a bad idea. But you should know the issues and you should know how it works. And you should know why it's an option. And you, and you should make those decisions from an educated viewpoint. So whether you agree or you disagree, it's two hours of time. The doors open at 630. The pro- program starts at 7. Daniel should be up talking no later than 730. We're going to go till at least 830. We're going to have plenty of time for questions and answers. And guess what? We're only going to charge you 10 bucks. 10 bucks to come, listen, participate. And I know Daniel's going to have plenty of swag and books. Come check it out. We're going to be at the Redemption Point Church, 107 East Lamar, downtown McKinney. And while you're there, we're going to even raffle off a book. And how are we going to raffle it? Because everybody that buys a ticket gets put in that raffle. And I have just a book or two for this purpose. So come and join us. Make a night of it. And gentlemen, I know it's Valentine's Day. So one, take your wife along. You could take her out for an adult beverage or a dessert afterwards. Two, you should have already made plans to take her out on the weekend before or the weekend after because you shouldn't take your wife out on a weeknight and consider that a date night. And ladies, I know you've already got a plan, so I'm not even going to say nothing about that. How about that? (laughs) Gentlemen, take your wives. Set your watch. Tuesday, February 14th, 630. Where are you going to be? That's right. You're going to come show your love for Texas. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Bring your wives, bring your kids, bring your friends. Plenty of room for all. Thank you, and I'll see you on the other side.